Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 357, recorded live on Sunday, April 27th, 2014. And here are your hosts, the man who's actually here this week, Dave Pillay. Hi! And the man who's also here this week, Andy Lowe. Hi. Yay! I was here last week. I was. As was I. But I was also in severe, incredible pain. And why is that, Dave? I broke my elbow. And how did you do that, Dave? I slipped on my driveway. Actually, I slipped on the grass, but I fell on the driveway. It's about as bad as me breaking my wrist falling out of bed. You broke your wrist falling out of bed? Yeah, you didn't know that? Nope. Okay, so remember that tiny bedroom up at the cottage with the bunk beds? Yeah. I was on the top bunk, and I rolled over. And fell right out. And fell right off the top bunk of the bed. And I braced my arms, you know, to... Yeah, because you're, you're falling. Yeah, that's what you do, is you protect yourself. Well, right. I hit it just right on my wrist Oh, that it broke it. It was my uh, left wrist, too, which really and, sucked. Yeah, because you're left-handed. Yeah. So for anyone else, I'd have been like, oh, well, my left... Oh, it's too bad. Yeah, but me, that was a problem. So, um... Yeah, we, uh, I helped move a, uh, I do believe it was a washing machine the day after that, and my wrist was still hurting, so we finally got it looked at, and it's like, oh, yeah. It's broke broken. Yeah. Yep. I've, I've come up with something, because I, I now know, Andy, even with this now and listening to you, if you had gone to an urgent care or an emergency room, your wrist would not have been broken. What? Medical, medical visits and medical issues have a, uh, a reverse temporal cause and effect. Where if I think it's broken and I go to the emergency room... It won't be broken. It won't be broken. But if it's not broken, it's, it's kind of in that state of flux, right? It's both broken and unbroken. It's in superposition. I love how you're bringing quantum mechanics into broken bones. Yep. <laughs> it is both broken and unbroken until you get it looked at. And if you get it looked at quickly, it won't be broken. Now, that's only... That's, you, we have to be careful. That's only for those cases where it's like... I wonder if it's broken. Maybe it's broken. I can still move it, but it kind of, you know, it's sore. If you have bones sticking out of your body, it's broken. Yeah. Nope. So I slipped on, on the grass and fell on the driveway and caught my wrist and my palms and the side of my hand and the back of my other hand and my wrist and my shoulder and my elbow, which is now a nice kind of Hawaiian sunset colored bruise. You know, it's it's this like deep purple in the middle and then shades of yellow and green. Yeah. And it wraps around the elbow to the other side. Oh, that's got to be a beaut. It, it is. It is quite impressive. By far the biggest bruise I've ever had. <sighs> and yeah, it still hurts. In fact, after this recording, I'm going to go downstairs and take some Tylenol with codeine and conk out on the couch. Sounds like a good plan. Yep. I figured I'd do it after recording, though, instead of before. That would have been slightly funny to have you record while on... Popped up on codeine. <laughs> well, it depends on how you react to it. I, I actually don't know how I react to it. Well, you need Laura to, like, sit there and watch you and then take notes of how you react. I'm only going to take one. The chances of it actually having much of an effect Heck. besides just knocking out the pain is very low. Okay. Not going to take two. No. Okay. So, yeah. And then the week before that, you were out of town? Yes. I was in Dearborn on Saturday running a marathon. How did you do? Four hours, 47 minutes, and eight seconds, I do believe. Full marathon? Yep. 
full congratulations. marathon. Congratulations! Thank you. Congratulations! I, I was. I told you the the funny part though was the fact that my boss at work was also running this race as well. Yeah, because he's originally from the area. Did you beat him? Uh, no, actually, I thought I was going to because he kept on complaining the entire time how he wasn't training enough, this, that, and the other thing. So I had to like kept on going into his office and calming him down and making sure he was not freaking himself out yeah and he raced better than you did yeah he uh he said oh yeah i'm just gonna try for try and get five hours and i'm like well i'm gonna try and go for four forty four forty five and so after about like three or four miles he suddenly comes up to me and running next to me for a bit and i'm like oh i guess i need to hurry up a little bit then if I <laughs> he's sitting here right next to me so I, I speed up a little bit and i'm doing about 10 minute miles yeah and then after um I think it was about mile nine or ten. He comes up and he taps me on the shoulder and he's like, hey, are you good? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. Do you want any goo or any water? I'm like, no, I got my own goo and there's water on the course. I'll be fine. And he literally just stayed right behind me all the way until mile marker about 18. (laughs) What a dick. No, it's just, it was basically, I guess I was pacing him because I was doing 10 minute miles pretty much constantly the entire time until about mile marker 18. Okay. Um, and then I started to get dehydrated. Oh, no, Andy. Because I had thought they were going to have water stops every mile, but they only did them like every other mile. And then uh, I started, you know, I have a little hanky to wipe the sweat out of my eyes. Mm-hmm. I wiped it across my forehead and it was still dry. And I'm just like, well. That's not good. That's not good. That's not good. So I need some oh. water. So he's got his little water packs on. And so he just, he passes me mile marker 18 and he finishes at like 430 something. Oh, Water, water, my kingdom for water. Yeah, that's what I was feeling. Mike, right around mile marker 18, mile marker 20 was like, man, I could really. And then <laughs> they started to, A, they were completely out of Gatorade because mm-hmm. they had Gatorade and water. So they were completely out of the Gatorade and they started running out of the water near the end of the marathon. And I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. That's where you need the most. <laughs> I know. Oh, no. <sighs> I was also kind of bummed as well because near the end of the course, we run through a park and they've got these wooden bridges that are over some river. And so if you have a couple of people on there running, it starts to get the harmonics going. So it starts to bounce as well. Really? Yeah. The bridge bounces with enough people on it? With enough people on it, you got to have people like doing the same tempo. Otherwise, the bridge is going to start undulating according to some calculation. I don't know what it would be. That's fantastic. So sometimes you'll you'll be coming down with your footfall and the bridge will be coming up up and you'll see just people just like start to falter while they're running across the bridge (laughs) you see them like bouncing around yeah the ground isn't stable so it's kind of fun if you get with the things so it pushes you up when your foot's coming up then it it feels like you're literally like running on the moon almost (laughs) but sometimes but if you're on there by yourself then it's just you don't feel it because there's not right there's not enough people yeah so I was, was kind of bummed with that one, but still 447, so faster than last time. So Good job. Here's to October in Detroit. Hell of a lot faster than I could do it. Very true. So we are now back here live. Yay. I, uh, in, in the intervening weeks, I managed to get to a theater that has the Dolby Atmos sound. Ooh, nice. Remember, we, we talked about this months ago about how Dolby was coming out with their next generation of audio for theater. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, man. When we were done with the movie, Laura turned to me and said, so how long until they release that for the home theater version? 
Um, <laughs> Never. No, they are thinking about it, but they have to do a lot of adjusting. Yeah, I mean, it. it would not be the same thing. No. The uh, if you can if you can find a theater to do this, go find a theater to do this. It is worth it just for the sound test at the beginning of the movie. You're looking up who's nearby, aren't you? Yes, yes, I am. For you, probably Chicago or Grand Rapids. Probably. I don't know. Everybody around here is doing all the fake IMAX stuff now, which is somewhat annoying. Yeah, we saw Captain America in 3D at the IMAX, and it's just, it's like, okay, why was this in 3D? Because they wanted to make more money? Yeah, probably. We didn't that, see it in 3D. That you you were not missing much. Okay. Was it even shot in 3D, or was that all post? Uh, I don't know. I didn't check that. I imagine that was mostly post. There weren't a lot of scenes in there where 3D would have improved it. You'd think so, especially with the Falcon flying around. Well, no, like even those, just the the cinematography wasn't set up for 3D in that. No, not really, yeah. But, all right, hold on. I'm going to search by my zip code. See what's nearby. I mean, I guess the shield getting thrown at you again and again, but... Um, 7.1. Oh, oh, there is Atmos... At the Imagine in Canton, and the other one is Chicago. Isn't Chicago a little closer? Depends where in Chicago, I guess. Yeah. It's, we're pretty much, I think, like, split the difference between Detroit and Chicago. Okay. So. Well, when you come out here to, to Madison, I'll take you to the theater. We'll see a movie. Okay. So, we've got plenty of topics. Yes. Should we have we, a backlog of topics. Should we maybe hit a couple of these? Well, sure. Um... I found a couple of them that were kind of interesting. The Galaxy S5 fingerprint scanner Mm -hmm. has already been hacked. Of course it has. It's the same exact um, hack, basically, as the iPhone's fingerprint scanner. So it's just as easy to hack. Yes, except the Apple version is uh, more secure because uh, every time I do believe, um, every time I do believe you boot up the phone, I'm trying to find where it says exactly on here, that I think the iPhone... um, yeah, the S5 has no mechanism requiring a password when encountering a large number of incorrect finger swipes. So the iPhone, if you have an incorrect finger swipe after enough times, it will ask you for the password. Okay. The S5 has no mechanism that for that. So you just simply reboot the device, and then you just try swiping it again. Hmm. Not the most secure thing in the world. No. Nope. But really, you shouldn't be using that for security. No, no, you shouldn't. So. Granted, I was at the uh, was at a Ben Folds concert last night. Yeah. Side note: I, I have never felt more outside of a cl- uh, click than at that concert. Um, but the people in front of me were taking pictures, and the, the lady, no joke, her code for her iPhone was one two three four. Oh, that's that's oh. So, do you remember there was an XKCD comic about the Adobe password leak? Yes. Where Adobe didn't leak any passwords, but they leaked the encrypted password and the unencrypted password hint. Yes. Someone turned that into a crossword puzzle. Really? Yes. That's... The clues are the unencrypted hints. How can you turn that into a crossword puzzle without knowing, A, the length of... Can you figure out the length of each password? Well, so so based on all the hints, right, he generated what he felt was going to be that password. He has no way of knowing for sure if it is. But based on all the hints, he generated what he thought were the the words. And I'm talking not like the, uh, you know, like the New York Times crossword. I'm talking about like the simple kids' crosswords where there aren't actual crosses. Like there's only a handful of actual crosses. So it's one of those things that looks like a bunch of spaghetti lying around okay yep 
but it's it's the different hints and so you can look at the hints and and put it together and figure it out and it's actually really it's a very clever way to do it to show uh the problem with this exploit and how how weak these passwords are and how many people's password hint is their password Oh oh my god so many of them I found that out when I was trying to get a list of, because we had to get usernames and passwords for this program that we had to set up. And sometimes it was just literally just like the hint was the password again. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Really? Yep. (sighs) So PAX East happened while we were gone. Yay. Right? Yes. Yay. So there are two bits of information that I wanted to get your opinion on. Okay. First one, civilization beyond earth. Oh, you mean Alpha Centauri? (laughs) I mean that's what it is. Yeah. Right. It's it's that they remade Alpha Centauri. It the um, guy the guy who wrote this article that I linked that was literally the first question he asked the co lead designer and lead producer of the game why was, not just call it Alpha Centauri? Alpha Centauri. And the answer was. All right. So here's their quote. All right. There is a lot of inspiration from Alpha Centauri in this game. We even have a couple of people who worked on that game still on the team and helping us make this game. It's not Alpha Centauri 2. It's not a sequel. It's a whole new imagination of what civilization in the future, civilization in space, could be. There are many homages and nods and winks to Alpha Centauri, and there's a huge creative and spiritual debt we owe to the groundwork that was that game laid. But this is a whole new idea. It also helps now that Alpha Centauri is oh, uh, still owned by EA. <laughs> so, so basically, every ignore everything except the last sentence. Yeah, right. It's one of those things you kind of throw in there and just yeah. So why didn't you call it Alpha Centauri? It's not Alpha Centauri. It's not a sequel. It's not anything. We don't have the name. <laughs> okay. So it's Alpha Centauri. Yes. Right. It's homages. It's the same dev team. It's uh, it, it's it's not a sequel in the same way that Civilization Five is not a sequel to Civilization Four. It's the same idea, new gameplay mechanics. Yep. Which I'm totally okay with because, uh, as as I mentioned to a couple people when we when they announced this and we started looking at it and they were like, oh man, but Alpha Alpha Centauri was like, eh. Of all the companies I trust to learn from their mistakes and still try something new, Firaxis is really up there. Yes, I can agree with that because I remember when Sid Meier's Railroads came out, Mm -hmm. they gave away the original Railroads or Railroad Tycoon for free before the the new Railroads came out. So it was kind of interesting to play the original one and then see what they did, how they took that original one and made it Railroads. So I can can see where you're going with that one, where they, they took what they knew and then decided, hey, what can we do with this one? And oh, look, here's something we can do with the new technology that we have. You know, it'd be really great, though, huh. if you can somehow take your normal Civ game and then when you hit turn end or you hit a victory condition, literally just say, hey, export this to Beyond Earth. I don't know if it would if you'd be able to do that or if it'd have any sort of. Um, I mean, but what would you what would you export? I don't I don't know. That's what I haven't figured out yet. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you what. Uh, what we were thinking is that when this game is released, we would all purchase it, and we would play a game of Civ 5 
with only the science victory active. Okay. The science victory, of course, being launch a rocket into space. Makes sense. And so we would play kind of a marathon session. We'd just set aside like a Saturday and do that. And then the next day or when we finish or whatever, we would then play Beyond Earth. And so it would be that same idea of it's the continuation. I could. Yeah, that's what that's what I was trying to get at. So that you and right, I are on right. the same wavelength. But, but instead of it, one wouldn't be exporting from one to the other. It's just kind of a you have to use your imagination. Gotcha. All right. I am interested in this idea, having never actually played Alpha Centauri. I'm wondering if I could find a copy of that somewhere. Probably. Oh, I'm sure it's got to be on good old games. Probably. Let's see. Gog.com. Alpha Centauri. Sid Meier's Alpha Centauri, $6 on good old games. Well, there we go. I've heard mixed things about it. I've, I've heard a lot of mixed things about Alpha Centauri. I thought you played Alpha Centauri. Nope. Oh, well, my apologies. I always thought you did. Nope. I kind of not want to at this point. Oh, like, just... I, I want to wait until Beyond Earth. You don't want to get tainted by a maybe bad game? I don't want to fall into patterns and, and say, like, well, this isn't like what it was originally. You don't think so? No, I could see it. It's along the lines of, I don't know, reading a book that was made many years ago before they did a modern remake of it. Mm -hmm. So, other news that came out of PAX East. Yes. Hearthstone. Hearthstone. A game game that I've actually been playing more of recently. I've I've been playing a fair amount myself. It's actually fun, as long as I started to realize not to play the casual mode. I still play the casual mode. Casual mode, I've, from what I've gathered, is basically you have a chance of getting a high-level player who wants to try out a new deck but not lose their rank. Uh, you read the Penny Arcade article. I have also had that happen to me a couple of times. Okay. Where it's like you're just playing in casual mode and you see all these legendaries come out and you're just like, holy, who the hell am I playing? And you just get destroyed and you're like, oh, okay. But the ranked mode actually gives you people who are your rank, so hopefully they're around the same level as you. But they're doing a solo adventure mode. Ooh. So instead of playing against other people, you will play against a computer. But there are basically different rules you have to abide by. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Like, I'm, I'm still... Con- How is this different than just the, the normal practice? I think you're playing against different bosses, not, you know, the normal nine characters that you normally play. So, like, Hogger from the tutorial. Yes. Okay. It's also got different challenges that are um, available, which would be kind of interesting to actually have a challenge where it's like, oh, you can only have X number of minions on the board at a time. You can only have X number on the board at a time. I know, but reduce that amount. You mean fewer. Yeah. Or there's one of the bosses, uh, his hero ability Mm -hmm. is deal two damage to the leftmost minion. Oh, sad. (laughs) So you got to keep your minion stuff. The placement matters. Yeah. I mean, the placement already matters, because there are things like, have that minion deal his attack to the minions next to him. Yes. Goddamn rogues. Fucking hate rogues. I've been playing a lot of mages. I learned yesterday, actually, Hearthstone is very close to what uh, Richard Garfield wanted Magic the Gathering to be. Hmm. Like, when he did Magic the first time, he wanted uh, damage to be permanent. That it would carry over turn to turn, but that it would be way too hard to have the players track that. Well, now the computer does it all for you, so that's... Right, that's yeah. that's the advantage of doing it on the computer. Also, you can't have things in the real world like copy a random card from your opponent's deck. Goddamn priests. Yeah, there's a lot of things that can't do So that. many. 
my my personal favorite tactic right now. I've been playing a priest deck, and priests have the this one monster. I don't remember its name. That sucks. Uh, where its attack is equal to its life. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yep. So I also have it, it starts out as as a five five. Yeah. But I also have, have two cards that say double the creature's life. Yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've done that. Yeah. So the dude is is four mana. Each of those cards is two mana. And there is another card. Uh, oh, was it Holy Shield? I think so. Inner Fire is the one that doubles their life. I think Holy Shield is like plus two health. Yes. And draw, draw a card. And draw a card. Yeah. So you play the the light whatever elemental thing at four crystals, and then the next turn you play the uh, the shield and double it and double it, and now you have a twenty eight twenty eight. You just hope that you're not playing a rogue who has assassinate and can get rid of that for or a mage who has sheep or yeah a polymorph that's always a good or one to keep in my bag a shaman that has hex is hex the one that turns it into a zero one with taunt. A zero one frog with taunt. Yep. I've actually, I have saved myself. Are you ready for this? Yeah. I saved myself and won the game by hexing my own minion. Because he had to attack you instead. Okay. He had to attack the taunt. Yep. Nice. So yeah, the single player adventure mode is going to be coming out soon. So we'll Okay. I'm kind of excited. That. I'm also excited because they, they had rumors and, and talk about doing like team games. Ooh, so kinda like the raid decks from the collectible card game. Right. That could be interesting. Wouldn't it? Yeah. That I think be, that would be really cool. It would be one hell of a boss though. Granted I haven't actually seen how the raid decks work for the actual physical card game, so we'll see how that goes. Oh, so what else do we got here? Steam stats. This is. I'm trying to remember why I linked these things many weeks ago. Weeks ago. Steam stats. Most popular games. Right. So Steam doesn't actually release what games are popular. They release like, here's the top ones on Steam right now. But uh, Ars Technica actually went through and, and did some digging and some research and they came up with a list and they're pretty sure about it of like what are the most popular games on steam no surprise it's dota 2 dota 2 team fortress 2 half-life 2 yep counter-strike source more half dead 2 more left for dead more counter-strike more half-life portal more counter-strike day of defeat uh in fact the first non-steam game non-valve game non-valve game is ricochet no that's valve is ricochet valve i do believe it was uh yeah because i got that when i got the uh, potato pack huh okay so when i got my golden potato and i got all of ricochet ricochet, ricochet for five bucks because i do believe you need half-life to play it is it half-life futuristic game challenges your agility as well as your aim ricochet is a one-on-one yeah it's part of valve yep developer valve Okay, first non-Valve game, Elder Scrolls V. Skyrim. Of course it's Skyrim. Of course it's Skyrim. Followed closely by Civ V. So, Skyrim, in fact, on this list, the only two that are not from Valve, Skyrim and Civ V. Now, most of these are free. Yeah. So, that's good to know. I also love the stat, um, the fact that total of playtime per registered game, mm-hmm. 36.9% is never played. Total time per registered game that 35% of all registered games have never been played? Yes, 37%. 37% have never been played? Yes. Ouch. That's kind of sad. Yep. A lot of people playing Dota 2. Very true. 25 million people playing Dota 2. 
So let's see what else we got here. Damn. Just what? all this data and the implications and holy crap, Valve making mm-hmm. so much money. Oh, so the uh, incentive auction. The incentive auction. Yes, that's the thing where the FCC is going to get try and get TV stations and radio stations to give up their uh, spectrum, broadcasting okay. spectrum, and sell it to basically AT&T and Verizon. Does not sound like a good thing. Well, it's, the government wants money, and so... Um, the FCC finally did their report in order, which um, basically gives how the plan is going to get laid out. Mm-hmm. So they are going to uh, take whatever spectrum they can that the broadcasters want to auction off. Each broadcaster is basically going to give the price that it's willing to sell for. Then they're going to take, because uh, TV stations are 6 megahertz each. That's how much of a bandwidth they get. So they might get a 100 and... 6 megahertz to 112 megahertz. That's their range, except it's up in the 600 megahertz range. Okay. Um, They are going to combine each one into chunks of 10 megahertz with a 1 megahertz buffer in between each channel. Oh, okay. That's how they're doing it. Uh, Wait, I'm trying to work out the math there. So they're they're purchasing back... A bunch of 6 well, megahertz they're ranges. They're not purchasing it back yet. Okay, but they want a bunch of 6 megahertz ranges that they will then convert into 10 megahertz plus 1 for a buffer. I do believe so. And okay. then the auction is going to go to the mobile broadband providers, AT&T, Verizon, Sprint, T-Mobile. So AT&T and Verizon. Um, and then AT&T and Verizon are going to bid on these 10 megahertz chunks. And if they get bought, the broadcasters are going to shut down their transmitters, and the spectrum is going to go get transferred over to the telephone companies. Okay. And this is good because... Um, the spectrum range, the 600 megahertz range, gives you a longer range for your bandwidth. So the your, your cell phone could have a greater range for data, i.e. you don't have to be as close to the cell phone tower as you normally have to now. But the phones also have to be equipped for this. Yes. So even if this happens, you won't see a benefit from it right away for another two or three generations of phone. Probably two generations of phones because most of them are finally getting out to the LTE spectrum that's currently out there. And then they're just basically going to take the LTE sort of encryption and move it into the 600 megahertz range. So yeah, two generations of phones. But this also is uh, dependent on regional areas. So you might have spotty coverage when this actually gets all said and done. And they also have to upgrade the antennas to do this? Yes. The towers? Yes, they would have to upgrade the towers as well. The tower bands are higher up, so you'd have to get new antennas on each of the towers. And and we know how, how much the phone companies like updating their towers. Yes. Well, if they're spending money and they want to get, um, you know, coverage, then mm-hmm. they they have to spend some money, but we'll see. The interesting part is the fact that um, they're also trying to limit how much spectrum uh, a company can bid on in any given market. Ooh. Well, that's so, not bad. Yeah. I mean, it's bad in the sense of, like, that's extra government regulation and it interferes with the free market. But this is not what I would call a free market. No, especially, well, AT&T threatened to actually back out of the auction process entirely, saying that we're not going to buy anything if these regulations are in place. Yeah. So. Anyone actually believe those threats? I don't know, because if AT&T backs out, then Verizon's just going to have... A field day. A field day. Granted, they'll only be able to buy X amount, so then Sprint and T-Mobile... Actually also get access. Yeah. 
I, I'm failing to see the downside for anyone besides AT&T for not participating in this auction. Well, broadcasters is the downside. Is A lot of broadcasters are barely... There's a lot of AM stations and some TV stations that are not... Right. I, I meant for AT&T to say, like, we aren't going to do this unless you drop these regulations. Yes. Sounds like the only person that would hurt is AT&T. True. Because Verizon and T-Mobile and Sprint are going to snap them up. And if Verizon says, you know what, AT&T is right and stays out of it, well, then that's a lot of spectrum that's opened up to potentially independent new like startups. True, but it's just like trying to have a cable company as a startup or a municipal Wi-Fi as a startup. Yep. There's a lot of entrenched regulations and yep. lobbying by the major corporations that... To make your life a living hell. Yes. Yes. But you'd have spectrum. Yes, it's going to be interesting. So we'll see how the official FCC meeting goes. I do believe next month is when they actually finalize this. And then the auction will happen mid-2015. So it might be starting the rules this year and not even having them finished until the auction happens middle of next year. So we'll see. So speaking of the FCC... Mm-hmm. They set out their new net neutrality plan. The crappy, crappy, crappy net neutrality plan. Yes. What the hell happened, Andy? You know what happened? A new FCC chairman happened. Oh, wait, like really recently? Yeah, Tom Wheeler got confirmed. Uh, I thought I thought Tom Wheeler was the one that we liked, though. No, no, he was the guy who was originally part of the uh, cable lobbyist. Oh. Or the cable trade union or whatever it is, the CITA, Cable right. and Telephones Association or something who, like so that. So who was the guy that we were, like, really excited for and, and throwing support behind and say like he look at what he's done and and that wasn't tom wheeler no that was his predecessor oh crap he was the one who actually tried to do the actual original net neutrality rules that got shot down in the courts when verizon sued to block it okay well that explains some things yes the new chairman new rules very unfortunate things so. New rules that are super friendly to the telcos. Yeah. Oh, uh, his predecessor was named Julius Janikowski, in case you're wondering. That, okay. who was, that was the original guy who put out these back in, what, 2011? Yeah, but I swear Tom Wheeler was doing some good stuff, like, just five months ago. Not that I... You were saying, like, wow, look at the FCC Go. It's actually attacking things, and it's actually taking the side of the consumer. Like, they were going to throw their support behind Arrow. No, the uh, administration has gone out against Arrow. They actually, at the Supreme Court hearing... That was the DOJ. That was the DOJ? That wasn't the FCC. Oh. The FCC has stayed quiet on it. No, I I can't think of anything that he was doing good before this. So, the new plan is allowing ISPs basically to charge for faster access as long as they don't block or discriminate against specific websites. Rules would prevent the service providers from blocking or discriminating against specific websites, but would allow broadband providers to give some traffic preferential treatment so long as arrangements are available on commercially reasonable terms for all interested content companies. Commercially reasonable. God damn it. Why do you use vague terms? Because it's the Um, government. So I'm an analogies guy. I like to see things as an analogy. Everyone gets to ride the train. Some people get get to pay for the express cars and for first class. Yeah, pretty much. Everybody, you can't, you cannot You can't block. tell people they can't come on the train. Yeah, you you cannot discriminate anybody from riding the train. But, but if my train, if my train, the basic train, 
travels at five miles an hour. Well, I've also got the tracks laid down for the 300 mile per hour maglev super train. I'm not discriminating from people if I just say everyone's on this five mile per hour train. But if you want to pay more, we've got this 300 mile per hour train just sitting here, just sitting here. You pay the higher ticket price, we'll let you ride. Right. Yeah, that's that's pretty much this in a nutshell. Is that not the opposite of net neutrality? Well, they're trying to basically make both sides happy. They're trying to get net neutrality requirements in place, but then they're also trying to basically use the loophole that they were given by the court's rulings of saying the original net neutrality was illegal. Well, crap. <laughs> Okay. I mean, there's not much we can do about it right now. Well, they have opened up um, comments on this. So you can, you know, contact your congressman because Congress can always overrule whatever the FCC FCC. has put in place. I need to find out who my congressman is. But then the FCC also uh, accepts comments from the public before they do any rulings. And they, I do believe, have opened up the comments... For and, this. and what are the comments coming in? Um, I don't know. I haven't Surprisingly, yet. no comments have actually been registered. Almost as if there was something stopping those signals. No, they wouldn't do that. that would no, they, they couldn't do that. No. Well, they could, but they wouldn't. Yay, FCC and net neutrality. Boo, what their decision was. Oh, goodness. Okay. Uh, King. King, yes. King me. They have settled out of court their dispute between Banner Saga and Candy Swipe. Okay. So that storyline is done. Yay. I guess so, yay. It doesn't seem like they have a... They're still on target for their IPO? I don't know. Do you think it would be a good IPO to have? No. Yeah, neither do I. But then I'm a firm believer that an IPO should be uh, what an IPO is for. And it shouldn't be, hey, we just want to, like, make a ton of extra money and retire billionaires. An IPO is a way to raise funds for the company. Well, let's actually see, because their IPO is actually released on the March 26th. Oh, they already opened? Yeah. Oh, shit. (laughs) A month ago. Yep. How did they do? Uh, Let's see. see. They They probably made a ton of money. They ended the week down nearly 20%. Yep. So let's see if I can... No, I don't want to... If I Google King stock. <laughs> there we go. They opened the IPO at 2250 and they are currently sitting at 1852 Yep. 20% drop. Yep. Wow. So yeah. Good job there. Well, I mean, some people got really rich mm-hmm. really fast. And a lot of people didn't. But no, I, I really don't think that IPOs are are any longer being used for what they were meant to be. Nope, they're just used to make a cash grab for the people yep. of the company. And in fact, for the most part, nowadays in the current economic cli- climate, being a public company is kind of detrimental. If you are a publicly traded organization, you are responsible to your shareholders to make a profit. Yes. You are not responsible to anyone else for doing anything else, like making a good product or having happy customers. All you care about is the shareholders. Right. So So, I'm not a fan of how it changes the direction of a company. So speaking of um, stocks and such, GameStop had their Investor's Day this week. Oh. Yeah. I think I got a notice about that somewhere along the way. On the uh, 22nd. Uh, 
And what happened at their Investors Day? Um, they plan to open between 200 and 250 spring mobile stores. What? Yes. GameStop is opening more stores. Except they are mobile stores, i.e. smartphones and phones. such. Yeah. Why are they opening phone stores? He heralded it. This, the CEO. this is what we call a, yeah, um, the all-male board. Yeah, has to call it GameStop 3.0. Where they are going to aggressively expand its footprint into gaming-adjacent tech fields. So smartphones. Yep. Gaming-adjacent. Man, what a buzzword. They're crazy. They are absolutely crazy. This is... Oh, for the love of God. Not only that, they are scaling back their uh, GameStop footprint by closing between 120 and 130 stores. So they are turning into Radio Shack. I was going to say along the lines of Radio Shack and Best Buy. Yeah. Well, but they don't have the, the rest of the support to do to be a Best Buy. No, no, they don't. Yeah, so it would be They're Radio turning Shack. into Radio Shack. Because that worked out so well for Radio Shack. Yep. Wow. Wow, Andy. What the hell? No surprise, GameStop stock is down on this announcement. Yeah, no shit. I'm tempted to sell mine. <laughs> it's going to be at a loss. So what else we got here funding-wise? Oh, remember that VR company, Kickstarter, where they made some sort of VR treadmill? Yes. They have gotten three more million dollars worth of funding. From venture capitalists? Yep. Are people outraged? Because there's very little difference between that and Facebook buying Oculus. Which um, also got the okay from the DOJ and the FTC. So of course that, it got the okay. Why wouldn't it? I don't know. But it's official now that they've gotten the government approval to buy Oculus. So it's going to happen. Yeah. I didn't there, see any reason why it wouldn't happen. I, I but, wouldn't see any doubt about that. Oh, maybe the government will shut that one down. No, why would they? It's not a monopoly. Nope. It's awkward. Certainly weird. But... It's not like Facebook trying to buy MySpace or something. Yeah. Does MySpace even still exist? I know Fox sold it for huge loss. Yep. But beyond that, I have not paid attention. Okay. So yeah, the virtual reality treadmills got now like $4 million worth of... VC. VC, so... Venture capitalists. Should be interesting to see what happens. Would you buy one? For the price tag of $500? No. What about for a price tag of $300? I don't know. I've never... I mean, think about it. It is an omnidirectional treadmill. Yes, but I've never been a fan. I know I do this sometimes. Kate will probably comment on this later, but trying to check out of the world completely while you're playing a game Mm -hmm. just doesn't seem right to me sometimes, Ah, which is why I'm trying to cut back on that as well. So no Ready Player One for you? No, not off the top of my head. Or Sword Art Online. Oh, that's crazy book. Yep. Yep. So what else we got going on here? Um, somebody did a comparison between the Dreamcast and the Wii U. Yeah. Um, the console, the Wii U, is now as old as the Dreamcast was when Sega announced the system was getting killed. Right. And the Wii U has sold just about as half as many devices. Yep. But let's let's look at this back a little bit. Uh, the Dreamcast was a last ditch effort, and Sony, not Sony, Sega had. You said Sony, didn't you? Sorry, yeah, Sega Dreamcast. Sega. Yeah, Sega my Dreamcast. apologies. Uh, Sega had invested a significantly larger portion of their capital into it. I do have to say, I did enjoy playing Crazy Taxi 
on my Dreamcast? The Dreamcast had a couple problems, and the biggest one was it was too far ahead of its time. Yes. The other problems were things like it had no, uh, it had very limited actual like games. Yeah. Now there's a, there's a lot of the, Sega game or uh, Sonic games. Yep. Now the thing is, you we we have to remember history. This is not Nintendo's first failed console. No. Virtual Boy, GameCube was... GameCube was fine. Virtual Boy is what I'm thinking of. The Virtual Boy failed. I was thinking out of the actual consoles, Virtual Boy aside, I think the GameCube is the one that's on the bottom rung. Well, outside of the Wii U. GameCube did pretty okay. Things like the, uh, the Zelda games, Smash Brothers... It died at the end because they were waiting on uh, Zelda Twilight Princess so that they could release it for the GameCube and the Wii simultaneously. Hold on, I'm looking at, there's a Nintendo company statistics. Let's see if I can actually see. Okay, all-time Nintendo console sales. No surprise, the Wii is on top. DS is second. Now, okay, this is not in order. Why did they put a chart here and not have it in any sort of order? (laughs) Okay, so DS, 158 million Andy, yeah. Look at the GameCube. Yes. Find the number. Twenty-one million. See if any of the other numbers are smaller. Nintendo sixty-four. No, sorry, no. Virtual Boy. That's it. Okay, there you go. Nintendo Easier 64. than reading down the list and trying to sort it. <sighs> tried to do it like a computer and failed. You're no. You tried to do it like a bad computer. Bad computer. <laughs> you tried to do it like a bad programmer. No offense, but you tried to do it like a bad programmer. I do not disagree that I'm a bad programmer. Okay. But the Wii U, I mean, it. so wait, the Wii U has outsold the GameCube? Um, I don't know if this website has the Wii U numbers on it. Let me okay. ju- I just closed it, so let me open up the tab oh. again. Oh, no, it's fine. Yeah, the Wii U is not listed. Okay, so the GameCube might not be the worst. No. But, I mean, we already talked about how Nintendo had just failed, failed marketing on the Wii U. Uh, Wii U has sold 6 million. GameCube sold 21 million? Yes. We've talked about how it was fail, fail marketing. Yes, this was a fail from the start. So it's just kind of interesting to compare it to something that we also thought was a fail. Different reasons. Very, very different reasons. And the other key piece of how much worth and, and money in the bank each company had when they did it. Very true. And, you know, for everything that Nintendo screwed up on the Wii U, I expect that they will learn. They will try not to repeat. They'll dick around with it for another year, maybe two, and then they'll come out with something else. Would you say the Wii was a successful console? Oh, it's printing money. Okay, so you you agree the Wii is a successful console? Yes. When did the Wii come out? Uh, I... I, <laughs> um um uh December second, two thousand six. So we were recording by that. Yes. Yes. We so were. go back and listen to our early discussions about the Wii. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure you were saying things like, This is a terrible idea. What the hell is Nintendo doing? I don't think I was that doom and gloom about it. It seemed to be out of left field, and I think that's what I was talking about, but it seems to have... It worked seem- pretty well. Yeah, it worked pretty well, yeah. It worked pretty well. So, you know, we'll see. Yes, very true. We'll see what happens. So let's hit a smattering of these things while I'm just going down the list here. Um, sure. 
The FAA has grounded search and rescue drones. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. That seems like a bad idea. <laughs> See, like, if a drone is good for one thing, it's anonymous, you know, searching, but they, you cannot have a private pilot piloting a drone over the United States, even if it's, you know, for something nice like search and rescue. Right. Um, Google has also bought a drone company. Uh, just a heads up, that link has a video that will autoplay. Damn CNN. All right, I'll yep. close that one. So they've bought they bought Boston Dynamics, and then they bought Titan Drones. God damn, they're going to kill us all. <laughs> Cars that pilot themselves, drones that pilot themselves, that weird cheetah. Robotics. Cheat- yeah, robots that can run faster than humans. We're going to die at the hands of Google. Yep, probably. If Google next, will be Skynet. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Next April Fools, they are going to call themselves Skynet. I'm just thinking that's going to be the next one because they've all the a- autonomous robot stuff that they've been doing. It'd be hilarious. Um, the new Star Wars movies have officially announced that they are not going to be in the expanded universe. Oh, no. So, you know, how Lucas basically told everybody who was writing a Star Wars book, you must be in this expanded universe. Mm-hmm. It seems that does not apply to the movies. Movies. Oh. So all the books are now going to be released, because they're still going to print the books, but they're going to release them under the new, quote-unquote, Legends. Legends banner. Does that mean they are no longer canon? They are no longer canon. Ouch! Oh, but, ow. Yeah. So your hope and dream of having Heir to the Empire as a movie? Not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Oh, man. Which I thought, reading those books be a perfect movie it would oh just the way everything was it it would be a perfect movie trilogy and turns out no so yeah the the new book who john jackson miller is writing which will precede the events of the new movie offers insight into key characters backstories and with input directly from the executive producers of the movie that's going to be canon but But. all the stuff that has been the the massive Oh my tome God. of knowledge that that's, has been already that's written. It's like 25 years worth of books. If I had a toilet flushing sound, now would be a good time to play it. Oh, wow. Yep. Um, Monty Python is officially dropping the curtain on July 20th this year. They are going to do one last show, and they have said, this is it. Like, I know we said we're done before, but this, no more after this one. Okay. So I'm, July 20th. I, I mean, what are they doing? Like, is there new material that they're coming out with? I don't know. They're going to do a 10-night run in London's O2. And then July 20th is going to be the last night of Python's Live. It's going to be broadcast simultaneously to about 2,000 cinemas around the world. So it might be coming to a cinema near you. Huh. Might have to get in on that. Okay, and then kind of last up, Supreme Court heard the Aereo arguments. Yes, which was kind of funny because there was questions about Aereo where they're like, you know, are all these, you know, hundreds of antennas put in place just to skirt the law, really? No, no, there's legitimate reasons. No, really, like, are, are you just, you're really just trying to circumvent the law, aren't you? Yeah. Maybe... So it's going to be interesting to see how this one comes out because the court was kind of split on the issue, especially since one of the justices said, what disturbs me is I don't understand what the decision for you or against you when I write it is going to do to all kinds of other technologies. Yep. And that's really what what seems to be the key issue is they're worrying about like everything else. Yes. 
Uh, where was that quote from uh, Chief Justice? Chief Justice Roberts? Yes. Uh, I got it here. Hang on. I don't have All I'm trying article. to get at, and I'm not saying the out, it's outcome determinative or necessarily bad. I'm just saying your technological model is based solely on circumventing legal prohibitions that you don't want to comply with, which is fine. <laughs> I love it. I'm not saying this is good or bad. I'm not saying it's going to determine the case. It's but... just your model is set up to circumvent copyright laws that you don't want to deal with. Yep. And that's fine. Oh, so now we got to wait a couple of weeks and actually hear what they're going to actually rule on this case. And then the ramifications of that, we'll talk about that when we actually understand what they're going to do. It's, yeah. it, like I said, this normally sometimes you can tell if the court is... Leaning one way or the other. Yeah, but this one was split and there was a lot of I don't know what's going on questions. Yep. So it's going to be interesting. Random topic. Random review. Random review. It's your turn. Yes. And this one has to do with baseball. So, Dave, you can probably check I'm out. I'm tuned out. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait for Andy to call me back in. Uh, this one is called Beat the Streak. The idea is this is put on by Major League Baseball. If I've always been a fan of fantasy sports, it's kind of interesting to see people do that, but I know that if I tried to play fantasy sports, I would get my ass handed to me on a silver platter. This one kind of just boils it down to the idea of, can you figure out who is going to get a hit today? It's pretty straightforward, right? Sure. That's, that's all you do is you are given a list of everybody who is playing a baseball game that day, and your goal is to pick who's going to get a hit. Okay. Now, the, the overall idea is is that there's a streak now of a single person. I do believe it is Joe DiMaggio who has gotten 56 hits. He's played, a, he's played 56 games, and he got a hit in every single one of the games in a row. That's the record for most hits. So your idea is to try and beat the streak. Your idea is to try and get 57 picks in a row of who's going to get a hit, and you win $5.6 million or something like that. Not bad. No. I just got up to 20, and then I lost last night so now i'm back down to zero so that's the thing Aww. is so if you have to pick you don't have to pick every day but if you pick and you get incorrect your streak gets reset to zero yep so it's, it's usually it's, how streaks work yeah. by the way right true if you if you miss it it goes back down to zero well there's actually a mulligan that's going on between 10 and if your streaks between 10 and 15 and you pick incorrectly you get one mulligan and then your streak actually stays in that range. But outside of the 10, if you're less than 10 or higher than 15 and you pick incorrectly, then it gets reset to zero. So there is a caveat to that reset. But that's, it's a pretty, if you're, if you're interested in fantasy sports, but you don't want to, you know, have to deal with the whole fantasy league and a whole season of figuring out who to keep, who to trade, yada, yada, yada. It's kind of fun. Keeps you keeping tabs on other games you wouldn't think of. And it's interesting to just try out different ideas to figure out Kind of like March Madness is you're given a bunch of stats and you have to figure out, is this person going to get a hit or not? So I enjoy it. It's free to play. All you got to do is just sign up for a Major League Baseball account and you're good to go. It's also got a mobile app, so you don't even have to worry about being at your computer or not. And like I said, if you don't pick something that day, your streak stays at whatever number you were at. So you don't even have to play it every day. So yeah. Cool. Awesome. If you like sports, sports. Yeah. If you like sports and you like numbers, if you like your saber metrics and you liked Moneyball, this could be an interesting thing to try out. How to dip your are toe. the computer simulations doing? Um, they're not actually that bad at the moment. I have to check uh, with Nate Silver because he has the link to the website that actually keeps track of the predictive amount of wins and losses for each team. Okay. So right, he's doing his thing with ESPN this time. Yes. Okay. So... 
That's my review. Beat the streak. Beat the streak. If you like numbers and sports and math and probability. Mm -hmm. Try it out. So that was my very short random review because there's not much to it. Like I said, it's you literally pick a guy. Does he get a hit? Yes. Then your streak goes up. If he doesn't get (laughs) a hit, it goes up. (laughs) Then it stays. Yeah. They also have the uh, chance to double down, quote unquote. So you can actually pick two guys in one day, but they both have to get a hit. And then your streak goes up by two. If one of them doesn't, then it goes back down to zero. Ooh. So it's kind of like a press your luck thing where it's like, ooh, do you want to try two guys? No. <laughs> no, so. I really don't. So there you go. Okay. All right. Random topic rolled ahead of time. It's, uh, kind of poetic that we were talking about Star Wars today because the random topic is when was the last time you saw Star Wars? Eight months ago. Eight months ago? Yep. Laura and I were watching it. Which one? Uh, we finished Empire. We have not yet watched, uh, Jedi yet. Has she not seen? Nope. I'm having How I Met Your Mother flashbacks now. Okay. That was one of the storylines for an episode was the fact that Ted was dating somebody who had not seen Star Wars, and so... Okay. He sat her down and forced her to watch Star Wars. Okay. I cannot remember the last time I watched Star Wars. I mean, at this point, you and I know it well enough that watching it doesn't really do much. Yeah, you, we can pretty much give the overarching plot line for the movie. We can and spout off enough. Universe. And the expanded universe. We can spout which off enough. It doesn't matter anymore. Stupid Disney ruins everything. Which, if you think about this, what did J.J. Abrams do with the Star Trek? <laughs> Got rid of everything that wasn't there. Yeah. Sent people back in time and redid the timeline. Yep. And... Whoa, what a surprise. He's in charge of Star Wars, and what are they doing? They're throwing out the timeline that's already been established. (gasps) Shocker. Goddamn, J.J. Abrams. I think the last time I saw Star Wars was at Catherine Byer's house when she had her Star Wars marathon. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. That was like 2004. Yeah, pretty much. I think that was like January 1st, 2004. I think I have not seen anything else Star Wars related since then. I have read some of the Star Wars books since then. Specifically, I reread the Thrawn trilogy because it's a good series of books. Fucking J.J. Abrams. Goddamn bastard. Timothy Zahn, great writer. Oh, yeah, and I just read the uh, Scoundrels book, which was okay. Not the best, but still okay. Yep. Hmm. So, yeah, so the actual movies was probably a decade ago. But is is that a bad thing? No. I mean, you it, it might actually not be a terrible thing to rewatch them at some point. The question I, now I would becomes... recommend doing it in the uh, the machete order. The machete order? Yeah. Four, five, two, three, six. We've talked about this, Andy. I swear to you we've talked about this. Nope. Never hurt at... <sighs> okay. Ready? Okay. Lay Episode it on me. four. Yes. The first one that came out, you're yes. dropped into the middle of the story, but that's okay because that's how the movie was designed. Yes. You meet Luke, you meet Obi-Wan, you meet the Empire, you meet Leia and Han... And you see all the good stuff, and the rebels win and save the day. Okay. Episode five. Yes. Rebels are getting their ass kicked. Very true. They are on the run. They are like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Uh, Luke goes off to Dagobah. Han and Leia go to Cloud City. The Empire basically wins. Boba Fett is also introduced. You end the movie, and Boba Fett's introduced. You end the movie with Luke losing his hand, with the revelation of, you know, there is another, it's your sister. Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry, they don't do the sister one yet. It's the revelation of Vader is your father. Yes. So you still don't know that they're brother and sister. That's not until the... 
That's not until Jedi. Is it? Really? Yeah. Wow. You know that there's another. Yoda says, no, there is another. But he doesn't say who. Oh, you see, now I always thought it was his sister and the father were the same thing. What? I thought the revelation of both of those happened at the same time. Nope. Nope. You don't find out Leia is is his sister until Jedi. Okay. All right, so that's the end of five, at which point you cut back to two, the Clone Wars. There's shit going on with the Jedi Council. You uh, see Anakin Skywalker as a Jedi, and you don't hear a word about midichlorians. Jar Jar Binks is a relatively minor character who's who's kind of like clearly there for comic relief. And you uh, start seeing Anakin's fall and how frustrated he is with the Jedi and this love interest with Padme. And then episode three, where you see everything go to hell and you see the Emperor seize power. And now you see Emperor Palpatine. And at the very end of episode three, you see that Padme gives birth to twins. twins. So now you go into episode six and now you see... Okay, regroup, reform, get everything back together. Luke is now a significantly stronger Jedi. Now you take care of Jabba and you take care of the Death Star. You know, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yep. Episode one is pointless. It is totally worthless. But episodes four, five, two, three, six, it preserves all of the kind of revelations, all those the surprises, the plot twists. Oh, yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. Go watch them. I don't think I actually own any of them. I bought the trilogy on Blu-ray. Hold on, give me two seconds. Let me wander over to our DVD rack and let me see if there's actually any Star Wars in there. I do, do not okay. believe there is, though. So, two seconds. Go. Nope. We've got Spaceballs. We've <laughs> got... Spaceballs, the movie. We've got we've got Stargate. Okay. The not the original movie, but yep. the SG one movies. Yep. And we've got Star Trek. No Star Wars. Uh, borrow it from Bry. Could. The okay. question also becomes though, which version of Star Wars should I go watch? Because there's the uh, the original version, and then there's the remakes with the new footage and everything. It's the I don't know. Don't know. Do I? The, they're they're not that bad if you add the extra stuff, and if Han doesn't shoot first. I know. Better if he shoots first. But oh, yeah, of bad. course it's better if he shoots first. Did you see someone ask Harrison Ford, Ford who shot first? No, somebody did. He, he did an AMA and someone said, who shot first, Honor uh, Greedo. He said, don't remember and don't care. Oh. Which, I mean, really, that's that fits, right? That, yeah. yeah. I still remember when they, uh, I think it was on like Jimmy Kimmel doing something for a movie or something like that. And so he took, quote unquote, questions from the audience and suddenly like Chewbacca steps up. And they play a bunch of Chewbacca noises, and Harrison Ford's like, don't you dare say that about my wife. <laughs> was it actually Peter Mayhew? No, or just it wasn't someone Peter, in a it was Chewbacca. Just somebody in, that's the thing with Chewbacca. You could have anybody in a Chewbacca costume and have it be Chewbacca. So. Yeah. I can't believe Peter Mayhew's going to be in the new movies. Like, I thought he can't walk around unless he has a cane. Pretty much. Like, he, he has a... Now oh, we'll see what they do. Yeah. Maybe it'll be a really old Chewie could be because they are continuing the, the they're getting a lot and of the so old, old Han and Leia thing. aren't married what right well that's that was in the expanded universe yes very true they don't have kids Skywalker never founded the new Jedi Academy no more Mara Jade god damn it shit she's one of the best characters I know Mara is it Mara Jade Mara Jade okay Mara Mara oh, so many good things 
You know, if I didn't have to read all these book club books and this giant pile of magazines I'm trying to get through, yeah, go read more of the Star Wars books. Yeah, how's Lions of Al-Hazan? Uh, it's on my Kindle, but I have not touched it yet. Okay, I'm pretty though much I... in the same boat. Yeah. We should also probably call this. Yeah, yeah, we should. Okay. All right, Bye, everyone. so there you go. That's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>